And welcome into Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim riding with you here on this Wednesday evening on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome on in. How we doing? We're good. We're good. Forgot to hit the pause button, but we're all good. <laughs> That's my bad. Um, we got so much to talk about. We got some great pre- previews. Uh, big week of Way NFL to turn my mic on. Up. Oh, yeah, that as well. Uh, big week of NFL. Big week of, uh, we got all sorts of sports here. College basketball. Yeah. NHL. The Give works. you the intro today, buddy. What? Give you the intro. Well, yeah. I am the uh, I am the one sitting at the board today. Yeah, because Buddy runs in at at five oh one. Look, but we got it going, Mitchell. You've always told me you wanted to board out this show. I have, yeah, and I got the opportunity. So out of necessity, <laughs> I will oh, say, please. I will give say, look, give me a break. Buddy rushes in the door, Mitch, Buddy, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I did say that. I know. You were worried that it wasn't going to be. I, I well, you know, it strikes five o'clock and Jack isn't in the building. You get nervous. Get nervous, but uh, we got it going on. We're back in full force. Um, who's lingering in the doorway there? Is that Josh or Abby? Josh. <laughs> How you doing, Josh? You want to say hi? Do you currently sitting in a wild card spot, Cowboys? Because they're awful? We're going to make the wild card. It's going to be okay. You do when, that, you go, when you guys do your prediction for the Cowboys, that. let me know. Um that's actually. Do you want to just do it no, first? I was, was going to say that. Let's we'll just, just do, do it first, first. But first, we do have to recap one NFL game that did happen: Monday Night Football, snooze fest, Bears and Vikings. Stupid game. Hated it. Uh, Vikings got the win by a single point. Um, plethora of turnovers for the Vikings that they had to overcome. Um, they did win, right? That was the final score. Did that field goal go in? Um, did the Bears win? Yeah, twelve ten. Okay, so the Bears did win. I'm sorry. I started talking like that, and then I'm like, the Bears drove down to attempt a last-minute field goal, and they actually made it. So the Bears win. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm off my game. Uh, but here we are. So the Bears get the win over the Vikings. The Vikings decided to finally play offense in the fourth quarter. It was too little, too late. TJ Hawkinson, the touchdown. The Bears make their living on field goals for the night, and uh, they get a stupid 12-10 to 10 win. Jack, any comments on this game besides the, the interception buffet put up by Joshua Dobbs? Yeah, I mean, it was a bad game all around for the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell, head coach after the game, said he's uh, going to evaluate all things at quarterback. So we'll see what they go with this week. Um, they're in a precarious kind of spot. They were 6-6. Six and six. Rough loss to the Bears. Man. They, that, he had to win that. Yeah, that was a game you needed uh, to go to 7-5, and five, put yourself in a lot better of a spot. But um, for, for Minnesota, you got to regroup. Uh, keep trucking forward uh, because, you know, season's still ongoing. You still have a chance to get in the playoffs. I mean, you got to keep your head down keep going to work. Uh, but obviously tough one to lose to your divisional rival on Monday night. Very much so. Uh, the Bears don't deserve to win any football games this season, but here we are. Keep talking to the mic. <laughs> didn't Josh Dobbs go 3-1 in his first uh, four? He did. He looked spectacular to start yeah, off with that, the Vikings. That's why I was actually uh, shocked that he did have such a rough start. Yeah. Um, it, it was uncommon. It was it was uncanny for him. I mean, the entire offense couldn't do anything for three full quarters of this game. Uh, they had a measly three points in the first half. It was uh, it was embarrassing for Minnesota, to say the least. But such is the life of a Vikings fan. When are they not embarrassed? So That's true. That's really all there is to say about Monday Night Football. I guess good win for the Bears. Thanks for taking yourself further out of the uh, uh, number one overall pick sweepstakes. Carolina Panthers running away with it at this point. It's them and the Cardinals, it looks like. So uh, that's interesting. I guess the Patriots are there, too. Yeah. So, well, the 
the Panthers don't even have it. Oh, yeah, the Bears would get it anyways. Whoops, what am I saying? <laughs> Forgot they traded it for Bryce Young, who's doing nothing. Because he's getting his head cut off every play. But from one primetime game to another, let's head to Thursday Night Football. It's prime video, and it's the Cowboys and the Seahawks. And upset of the week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, you got the Cowboys who are sitting with three losses. The Seahawks sitting with a lot more. They're falling apart recently. The Cowboys are kind of uh, are trying to keep pace with the Eagles, currently division and conference leading and lead league leading as well. Um, Josh, do we think the Cowboys keep pace before their showdown next week? Josh left the room. Oh wow. Okay. I just turned my head over and he was I'm just back. not there. Josh, do we think the Cowboys keep pace with the Birds this week? So, I think Cowboys get a win. As far as the Eagles, I was shocked that they got the underdog pick. I'm was, not talking about the Eagles right now. Just the Cowboys. Do I think the Cowboys stay on par with the Eagles? It's just going to be a matter of the Eagles need to lose to someone else. Once they come down to Dallas, they're going to lose. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it? No doubt about it. No doubt they about will it. Lose What's your Cowboys. evidence for that, sir? I mean... The Cowboys haven't lost a home game since now two years. Didn't the Eagles just beat them, though? Not at not No, not in Dallas, but they beat them. Not in Dallas. And, by the way, they lost in Dallas by, I think, six points with a backup quarterback named Gardner Minshew last year. I don't even want to talk about that. Well, you won the game. You can talk. It ruined my Christmas. Is that good enough for you? I mean, it... Jack, can we get some logic in here? Are you picking the Cowboys? And what? In the uh, Thursday night game. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're we're going to pick Dallas. They're nine-point favorites. Kenneth Walker's doubtful for this one for the Seahawks. Uh, the chips are stacked against them in yeah. every way possible. They're on the road short. Well, actually, no, because they played last Thursday, too, so it's just un- like a normal week for them. Both of um, these teams, actually. Yeah, but Dallas are at home. They're rolling. The offense looks a lot better. Just objectively, the Cowboys are trending up and the Seahawks are trending down. Um Cowboys are going to win this one convincingly. Geno Smith has to have a uh, an incredible day through the air. He has to be utilizing uh, Tyler Lockett and um, and DK Metcalf to the fullest of extents against this Cowboys secondary, which can be beat at times. Uh, it is possible, um, but I mean, you know, what is it? Five pick sixes now. Um, yeah, in one year, that's it's incredible. He so the record, yeah. he did break the record. So it's very dangerous. Um, I mean, Jack, if you're looking at this, is there any way besides uh, passing a lot that the, the Seahawks can win this game? No, I mean, look, Zach Charbonnet is not a bad running back, but he's not what Kenneth Walker um, possesses. So they're going to have to throw it a lot. DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett really going to have to step up uh, in, in this game if Seattle wants to win it. I don't foresee that happening. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys are going to win it by double digits. Yeah, I don't um, like the Steel. Uh, not the Steel. I don't like the Seahawks matchup defensively. No, I don't. Me neither. So. Yeah, I think uh, all three of us boys picking Dallas? Yes. All right. Boo. Um, hopefully we can come in here on Monday and be like, how about them Cowboys? They lost to the Seahawks. Yeah. That would be funny. Unlikely, though. That would be funny. So, you know what, um, Josh, not to rain on your parade, but one final Dallas point I had. Even if the Eagles were to lose these next two games against the Niners uh, and the Cowboys, Eagles would still be division leading because they'd have the same record uh, they would have the uh, the head-to-head would be the same. Um, I'd have to check divisional losses. I think it would only be, yeah, it's one each uh, because the Eagles and Cowboys would have lost to each other. But uh, the Eagles would only have 
two conference losses. The Cowboys would have three thanks to losing to the <clears throat> Arizona Cardinals. That was embarrassing. So the uh, Cowboys would still be in Listen, a wild card position. The Cardinals started off strong this year, and they just— No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They were 1-4, and four, and you were the only one they beat. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> it, You know, it, sometimes you take a loss. and Josh, you know, they have two wins right now. How did—is there any possible way they started off strong? The strongest they ever were was 1-1 one and because one they beat you. Well, no, I'm talking about the Cowboys now. I think, you know— they they're getting better each and every week. I think Dak Prescott looks more comfortable. Um, he possesses a lot of great traits in that uh, Commanders game. I mean, defense is looking stronger than ever. I mean, they're putting up unreal numbers, numbers we haven't seen. You know, in, until they play the real teams. How did it go against the Niners? You know, I just saw an article written by um, someone that said these next couple games uh, for the Cowboys are going to determine how their season goes. And duh, I. I uh, I think I think you know this type of schedule prepares them for the playoffs specifically, and it it's you know it's I think it's going to be a good year for the Cowboys. I mean, you know, Jerry Jones is trying to rebuild the team, um, and yeah, Jack, can we get some sense in here? All right, uh, I'll get I'll address all that in one second. We do have a message from the KR Notebook first, though. Come out to the MSU Multipurpose Room tomorrow, November thirtieth, from eleven a.m. to one p.m. to paint records and to de-stress before finals begin. There will be snacks and good music as well. Again, that's tomorrow in the MSU Multipurpose Room from eleven a.m. to one p.m. for record painting. Uh, this message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. All right, let's address what Josh just said, um, breaking it down. I mean, wait a wait a really, what a stat. The next four games, you know, when there's only six remaining, are really going to determine the Cowboys' season. Really? I had no idea. Yeah, 8-3. and three, Look, they're going to win this game, go to 9-3. and three. We'll see how it goes. But, Mitch, it's a very valid point, talking about that they haven't done it against the good teams yet. They got absolutely shellacked by the 49ers. Yes, the Eagles beat them. It was close, but... Both teams made a bunch of mistakes. Exactly. It was a mistake-filled game, and the Eagles showed why they were better in, in the effort to win that game. So, look, um, to me, the Cowboys and Dolphins are very similar groups. Groups that have good records, but have only really gotten victories against the bad teams. Mm-hmm. When, when it comes to playing good opponents, they just haven't been able to get it done. And the Cowboys have an especially bad outlier against the Cardinals. Sure. I don't care who you were down that game. It's the Cardinals. Uh, and, and you still lost. So 8-3, and three, again, I haven't been overly impressed with this Cowboys group all year. I want to see them do it against a legit opponent first before I even start to remotely buy in uh, into, into the Cowboys' stock going forward. And I think that's what separates the boys from the men here. The Cowboys and the uh, the Eagles are the men in this, the in this metaphor. Men. Yeah, the Eagle men. are. Uh, <laughs> they, um, the Eagles have done it against these good teams. We talked about this gauntlet, right? It started with Miami, um, and then it, it continued on through the Cowboys, through the Chiefs. Through the uh, the Bills, like they sure they haven't just outright dominated one of these uh, tough opponents, but when you win four games like that, when all four come out with W's against quality opponents like that, that says something about your team. Dallas hasn't done that. They got blitzed by the Niners and they lost a close one to the Eagles. I'm just not seeing it with Dallas right now. Second round exit per usual. The Sixers of the NFL. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree with that statement, Mitch. A hundred percent. You want to take it on to the one p.m. game? Yeah, let's go on to the one p.m. slot. Where do you want to start first? Let's go to New England. Let's get a quick one out of the way between yeah, two underwhelming teams. The Chargers are going up to Foxborough to take on and the their mid quarterback Patriots. By the way. Justin Herbert and the Chargers looking to bounce back. 
Uh, it's been a rough go for them this year. Brandon Staley, I think, will no doubt be fired come season's end. Another one of the head coaches to get canned. Uh, and for New England, where are they going as a franchise? They're going to have a top five pick. Uh, it really could be a franchise-altering draft coming up for them. Uh, but for for me, when it comes to this game, I think Herbert and this offense are going to be too much to handle. The Patriots just continue to be mistakes, you know, mistaken a mate and mistake out. Wow, struggle to get that one out. They only scored seven points against the Giants, uh, and I know the Chargers' defense is bad. But again, this is a New England team that's just horrendous. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, um, I'm going to ride with the Chargers as well. Only put up ten against a tough defense in the Ravens. Uh, they actually played the Ravens very close. Would have been a three-point game if Zay Flowers just goes down to run out the clock. Didn't matter anyway. Ravens got the win. Um, Yeah, two underwhelming teams. I think the Patriots are just an absolute dumpster fire right now. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to ride with the Chargers. They have more talent. They have, you know, more upside. And uh, they're going to win this football football game. There's heavy hitters, and then there's quick hitters like this one. This is nice and easy. Get it out of the way. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's do a couple more before we go to our first break. I think we got another quick one on our hands here. Let's go out to Pittsburgh, Acrisure Stadium. The Arizona Cardinals are coming in to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mitchie, let's start it with you. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah. So I, I understand what you said last uh, last show about all that offensive yardage. It only resulted in 16 points for the Steelers. Uh, this is a good. This is a good. Kind of warm-up game for that offense here uh, against the Cardinals. <clears throat> Cardinals beat the Cowboys. Still funny. Uh, their wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're still at, uh, what are they, at two wins? Yep, two. Yep, so two you, you still have a chance. I think, you're, I think your little wager here stays intact. I think Kenny Pickett is able to build uh, a little bit here. I think they started to find something in their running scheme last week uh, with the absence of uh, Matt Canada. So give me, give me the Steelers. Uh, they don't run away with it at all, but it's something to build on. I, I say they win by a touchdown. I say they win by a touchdown, something to the tune of, oh, 21-14, 23-16, something like that. Mitchie has a the Steelers win and the Steelers to cover. Uh, I'm going to agree with him as well. Uh, the, the Steelers really impressed me what they did offensively last week. It's not always about the, you know, with, especially with the team that hasn't put up over put up over 400 yards in a game in 58 games like the Steelers did before Sunday's contest against the Bengals. It's about what you do playing and play on how you look drive in and drive out. They really impressed me in that way. They looked a lot better. They looked a lot more complete. They could do a variety of different things that they weren't doing when Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator. And for those reasons, I'm going to give the Steelers the win and win convincingly. I think this is going to be a little bit of a coming out party for this offense. Uh, I'm going to have the Steelers take it 35 uh, to 17. The steel. I mean, if, if this verifies, I mean, the Steelers continue to rack up these wins on the season. Would be eight and four. Yeah, they're really threatening a, a formidable playoff push at this point. So very well could be the five seed. Very interesting. I tell you what, I uh, the uh, little thing I have going yeah. with one of my friends. Yep, Mitchie, your wager. Yeah. Mitchie tattoos. You know, coming out in full force here. If the uh, if the Steelers are for real we can get one more i think before our first break all right let's get an afc south showdown here mitch colts and titans down in nashville the colts have been a team that's rolling there were four teams to go undefeated in the month of november those teams were the 49ers the eagles the broncos and that's right the indianapolis colts (laughs) the broncos and colts don't belong on that list yeah the the Colts really are the team that's not getting their flowers, especially in the national light. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Colts to win this one. It's going to be a tight game. These AFC South showdowns, you never really know how they're going to shake out. Uh, but I'm going to take the Colts to win it in a tight game. I'm going to go with a 23-20 win for the Colts. No Jonathan Taylor. Zach Moss has shown he can be the lead horse in this backfield so far this year. Uh, I think they'll be just fine in that regard. I'm going to have Shane Steichen's group continuing to rack up the wins, giving the Colts to improve to 7-5. and five. 
So I think the Titans are just so poor. Uh, they are not using any of the couple pieces they have uh, well this year. Um, I, I struggle to see how they're going to put up much offense in this game whatsoever. On the flip side, I like how the Colts are playing. I like how Shane Steichen is coaching these guys. I think he's really expedited the turnaround process. Um, it, it's interesting. When, when they lost, um, why can't I think of his name? The quarterback. Richardson. Richardson. Anthony Richardson. When they lost uh, Richardson, you know, it was kind of like, oh, that end of the road for the uh, for the Colts here. But no, they've they've kept it going, and I think the Jonathan Taylor injury uh, isn't that isn't that huge. I mean, Zach Moss has shown he can really be dynamic this season. Uh, once he got out of Buffalo, he's really been, uh, been playing much better. So, uh, I also like Michael Pittman; he's been uh, developing well this season on the outside. Um, yeah, I, I think the Colts get it done, which is weird that they're going to continue to push themselves into the playoff picture as we head down the stretch in early December. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I know it's a divisional matchup. I know that weird things can happen. I don't see the Colts challenging them uh, very much whatsoever. But that is going to take us to our first break on this edition of Heavy Hitters. Don't touch that dial. Mitch and Jack right here for the next oh, hour and a half plus on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Keep it here. And welcome back to Heavy Eaters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, K or Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley, as always, with you on this Wednesday evening. This is the preview show, uh, going through all things NFL for Week 13. Uh, and then we will move on a little bit later on the show, college football preview and conference championship week, uh, and much, much more to talk about. So glad you're listening with us live here on this Wednesday evening. Mitch, let's get right back into the NFL talk. Uh, let's stick it with one AFC South team, but they're taking on another hot team. That's the Denver Broncos traveling down to Houston to take on the Texans. Give us your thoughts on this one. Oh, really interesting game, man. Uh, two teams in the playoff push. Um, I mean, the Broncos, We no one expected them to be uh, such a hot team, but they're coming off a nice, convincing win over Cleveland, and Houston looking to try and uh, pick up the pieces after their loss to Jacksonville in a tough AFC South showdown. Both teams need this one. And, uh, you know, we got some we got some really interesting pieces in this game. Russell Wilson, um, you know, his, his kind of comeback season here, making it obvious that he was not a bust in that big trade. And uh, C.J. Strout, I mean, just such an impressive young rookie. Shoe-in for Rookie of the Year. Uh, just going to be an intense, uh, intense battle of quarterback play, in my opinion, because both of these teams can play some defense. Uh, both of these teams have shown they can lock down an opponent. I know it was a, uh, a team struggling for a quarterback, but they held the Browns to 12 points last year or last week. Did the Broncos and uh, the Texans have some nice pieces uh, as well? I'm more so looking at the uh, the wide receivers that they have to throw to. I mean, Stroud has just found something with Tank Dell, uh, the role players as well there. And uh, on the flip side, you know, Russell Wilson has some has really. Nothing that really so much impresses me. So for that reason, I'm I'm looking more so at the weapons. I like what Houston has on the outside more so. I'm going to go. I, I think that's a defining uh, matchup here in this in this one. So I'm going to go with Houston in a close game. I think it's an interesting game. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you too. Houston's favored by three and a half on the line here. Uh, I'm I'm going to say Houston's going to win. They're going to barely cover. Um, for a lot of the good points you just mentioned. The, the Stroud-Dell connection between these two rookies is special. I mean, this is something that we haven't seen a whole lot of coming into the league, a rookie receiver and a rookie quarterback gelling so well and being so efficient uh, in the very early stages of their careers. It's truly fun to watch these two guys up to be able to perform at such a high level and the way they are performing uh, so far in 2023 and the 2023-24 season. But for the Texans, 
defensively, they did some things last week. I didn't hate. I only gave up 24 points to the Jags. The yards, you know, they held ETN in check, especially on the ground. I mean, he got, what, under 60 yards on the ground? Well, he yeah. was out for parts of the game. He had a, a chest injury that kept him sidelined for a little while. Yeah, he still got over 20 carries, though, and they held him to under 60 yards. So that's yep. pretty good, um, you know, despite ETN battling through the injuries that he did in that game. Um, but I'm going to go to the Texans to win. I like, I just like Stroud. I mean, if I'm looking at these quarterbacks, I like Stroud more than Wilson. All the credit to what the Broncos have done, but the streak's got to end at some point. I think it stops here in Houston. I agree. I think Houston has a good bounce back week, right, after after losing to that divisional opponent that they're chasing. Um, I, I think that this is uh, I think that this is definitely the year for that. Um, the Jags have shown that they're the class of this division uh, last year, and they started proving again this year. Houston came up just short last week. I think they're looking to uh, to get back in the ring and uh, make another playoff or make a playoff push for the first time in quite a few years here. When's the last time? Twenty eighteen. I believe that's correct. Right. Was that the Chiefs game that they lost? Yeah, that was the last time they were in. Whew, that is, oh, talk about a, a game that changed the course of a franchise. I mean, Houston was one of those teams that was starting to get in uh, year after year, right? Yeah, I and think then, it was the year uh, they beat the Bills in the wild card round. It was Josh Allen's rookie year. Yes, and then I remember that. Yeah, they lost. Like the Bills just lost that game. They were trying to mount a league comeback, just fell short. Um, and then the Texans went on to jump out and just. Crush Kansas City, and then they blew it. And Twenty-four to nothing. Yeah, and then they lost like forty-nine something. It was crazy. KC put up mad points uh, in that one. So we both have the. Uh, we're agreeing on everything so far. This is not good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we got to make it interesting here. Uh, what's the next one we got? All right, let's go down to the Bayou. Uh, we got the Lions and the Saints. Eight and three, Detroit. Five and six, New Orleans. I'm going to be quick with this one. I'm taking the Lions, despite their defensive struggles that we highlighted on the Monday show. You can go back and listen to that on Spotify if you so choose. Uh, Just search Kutztown University Radio. Bingo. Took the words right out of my mouth, buddy. Add it. Add us to your Wrapped for 2024. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to take this. I'm going to take the Lions solely because. We don't know who Derek Carr is throwing the football to in this game, right? Michael Thomas is on IR. Rashid Jaheed left last week's game, I believe, with a hamstring injury. Olave left with a concussion. Those two guys are both questionable for this week. We don't know if either one or both of those guys are going to be healthy by the time this show, you know, this show's live. Obviously, we don't know if they're going to be playing by Sunday. So, for that reason, I'm going with the Lions. I, I know what they have going into this game, uh, especially offensively. And give me to Detroit to win this one. That, that's all I'm saying. Do you know the line on this game? Uh, it is Lions minus four. Mm. So that feels low to me. That's what I was thinking. Right. But I guess questionable, right? So if if, um, if Alave, Alave and Shahid, if they play, right? be different. Yeah, that could, that could alter things. And that's part of what Vegas is looking at is the unknowns, right? So you're not just betting on the outcome. You're betting on does this player play? How does that affect the game, right? So I think if they if the Saints had their receivers, I would actually pick this as an upset. We've talked about the, the wheels falling off of the Lions right now. Uh, but I think this is a stabilizer game, an embarrassing loss to the Packers on Thanksgiving. I think the Lions, I think they right the ship here. I think they're able to run the ball fairly well this week. Uh, Jared Goff is able to do enough, right, to, uh, to kind of preserve the season here another week uh, before things really start to... Uh, to take a downturn, they have a little more breathing room in the division now with the the Vikings losing because they were coming hot on the Lions' tail uh, if they would have won that game against the Bears. Um, but that that loss really uh, stunted their growth on Monday night. So I'll take the Lions in a bounce back performance this week as well. All right, let's bring it to the East Coast. Uh, we got Falcons and Jets um, at MetLife. Falcons favored by three. Um, Mitch. 
let's get let's get your thoughts on this one. A Falcons fan really pissed me off last night. <laughs> Saying some off the wall stuff. Can't see who that is. Yeah, no, <laughs> he didn't actually piss me off. Oh, okay. Uh, he was just uh, spewing his stuff. He was uh, that. Don't take that out of context. Um, <laughs> the Falcons fan was uh, telling me that the Falcons Eagles is the mirror image of the Phillies Braves in that the Falcons are going to get in in a wild card spot and they're going to upset the Eagles in the playoffs. And that made me unhappy, Jack. That made me unhappy. If the, so. if the Okay, you know what? I'll say this live on air. If the Falcons meet the Eagles in the playoffs, go to the link and beat them, I will take a pie to the face. What kind? Doesn't matter. What? Just like an actual pie or like one of those plates with whipped cream on it? No, like an actual Not pie. Not like whipped cream, but like... An actual pie. Cream. Okay, like a real pie. Yeah, like apple Do we have anyone that whatever. can bake in here? In, um, in KUR? You can just buy a store-bought one. That I didn't... Yeah, I forgot stores exist. Um, yeah, we'll pie Jack and we'll put it on the KUR TikTok. Yep. And Instagram. Yep. Follow us. Official. And I will, <laughs> I will stick to it. No, no backing down. Oh, man. I, I will say I, I would get a little nervous if the Falcons do meet the Eagles in the playoffs. I, I will say if that happens, I, mean, I probably won't be in the video because I will have, like, fled to South America, bawling my eyes out the entire way. If the Eagles lost to the Falcons. I don't want to live in that reality. Um, I guess I know how Atlanta fans feel after the last two baseball seasons, right? That yeah. was, whew, at least the Phillies were good. Like, the Falcons just do not have playmakers. They're going to lose to the New York Jets this week. How about that? I don't care. Um, I don't even know who's <laughs> – the Jets don't have anyone that can throw the football. It doesn't matter. Uh, no, it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. We don't need a guy who can throw the football to play in the NFL. I, I think I should take the Falcons here. All my logic is telling me to. But just because he told me that the Falcons could beat the Eagles in the, in the, in the playoffs – I'm picking the Jets out of spite. Because they told me to. Yeah. I think the Jets have like a key couple turnovers, right? Desmond Ritter's not a good quarterback. Stop kidding ourselves. He's going to throw like two interceptions, one of them for six. The rest are field goals. Jets win 16-13. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go the complete opposite of that. Give me the Falcons to win. This is a defense that has been completely reshaped. Uh, over the past offseason, working out beautifully. Jesse Bates has been a very much welcomed addition Boring. to this Falcons secondary. Uh, the defense is good. Bijan Robbins is a big playmaker on offense. Um, despite me not loving either of these teams' offenses, I'm going to take the Falcons in a similar score. I'm going to go 20-13 to 13 Atlanta. 2013. Great year. Uh, I think I peaked in 2013. <laughs> Ten years ago, you were, you were like what? Fifth grade, bro. I was ten years ten? old. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, dude, I was crushing it, man. <laughs> I was, I was like, you know, kicking people's butts in box ball at the on the recess yard. I thought you were gonna stop with kicking people's butts. <laughs> I was also. Mitch was the elementary I, school bully. Mitchie doing his flats the flounder impression. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, you know, you ever play four square? We call it box ball. I don't know. Oh yeah, four square. I was like, what is box ball? It's like, well, because it's a box, right? You're yeah, in a box, and you play with a ball. Okay, dude, it was intense. Blind kid walking up to the four square court. People were like, what is going on here? But uh, I got it done, man. I would reach that top square all the time. And uh, see, the thing with me was right. The thing with me was, you weren't allowed to look one direction and throw it another. It was called snake eyes. That was a penalty. They couldn't call that on me, right? Because my eyes. I don't look where I'm looking, you know, what? I, if that makes any sense. You just throw it. I just I just throw it. And people are like, whoa! And I, I <laughs> you know, you got to use it to your advantage sometimes. So I was a four-square god. Uh, also, it helped that people felt bad if they got the blind kid out. So 
But I could hold my own. I could actually play the game at times. So that was fun. 2013. Uh, good score. Where are we going next? All righty. Uh, not let's to, not go to distract to, from everything. Let's go to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. The Commanders hosting the Dolphins. This one's going to be a rout. Let, let's, save, let's save us some time here. I know. The, the Dolphins are going to get crushed. <laughs> yeah, Sam Howell's going to throw for like 500 yards. Honestly, and... Sam Howell could be really good. No, yeah, he he's shown some I like things him. that he could be a good, very good quarterback. Uh, but it doesn't much matter for this game because the Commanders' defense couldn't stop a paper bag. Um, so give me the Dolphins to win. They're favored by nine and a half. Give me the Dolphins to cover. They'll go to ninety three. They continue their streak of beating the bad teams on their schedule. They go to ninety three. Yes. <laughs> What's do you have the uh, the over under on this game? Uh, I feel like some points are going to be put up. Let's see. Some big points. Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. 49-and-a-half. 49-and-a-half. Okay. Favored by 9-and-a-half. So they're thinking uh, they're thinking it's a 29-to-20 game, which honestly sounds about right. I mean, this yeah. is going to be uh, some, some fireworks here. I think the – I don't know. Want to give a score prediction? Dolphins win it 34-21. to I kind of want to take the upset of the week on this one, right? 9-and-a-half? Yeah. That's a double-digit point, so I would have to overcome there. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go upset of the week – uh, Miami has these games where they sputter, right? They have the uh, the occasional lapse in offensive production. I wasn't overly impressed with what they did to the Jets for much of that game. Um, you know, seven of their points came on that insane pick six that kind of jump-started things right before halftime. Uh, and I think Washington is better than, than New York, not, in, not by a mile. Uh, give me upset of the week just for funsies, right? No one's crucifying anyone. If they get it wrong, so I'll go. I'll go Washington over Miami, uh, which is really not going to happen. But I'll, I'll do it. I'll go with it. Sam Howell, I believe in him. Scary Terry has a big day. Outperforms Tyreek Hill uh, on the opposing side for Miami. All right, uh, let's move on to the 4 p.m. slate. We got three games there. Let's start it off with uh, another. Oh no, sorry, I lied. Wrong South. Oh, I was going to say another AFC South showdown, but that's not right. An NFC South showdown. The Panthers traveling to take on the Buccaneers. Who put this game on 425? 405. 405. What are we doing? This is an awful game. This will be nationally televised oh my on goodness. CBS. Oh, my goodness. I so when did that happen? When did CBS start doing NFC games? Because when I grew up, Fox had the NFC, CBS had the AFC, and whoever traveled, that's who broadcast the game. So I, if, like, if, I it, don't know. if it was Eagles at Texans, it was an Eagle. Like It was a Fox broadcast. Yeah. I don't know. Am I making sense? Does anyone else care about this? Um, I, I'm pretty flustered. Like, it made the world so easy to sort out. It's like, who's playing? Eagles, Buccaneers. Oh, that's on Fox. Got it. Nope, not anymore. Whatever. You okay, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just going to let you go on your on your tirade here. And- well, I also don't like Joe Buck being on uh, ESPN. On his- also, also, who was uh, Jason who was the uh, color guy for NBC? Is it Jason Witten? I don't know. I don't know. But it was not Chris Collinsworth on Sunday night. Did you notice? I did not watch the game. Oh. Wow. Okay. So You got to watch some more of the Ravens. You got to get informed. They're a good team. Really good team. Yeah, but like watching the Chargers is frustrating, so I don't like the <laughs> Why? Activities. Why? You said Justin Herbert's a god. I never said the offense was the problem. The offense put up 10 points. They scored 10. They got held in check by a very good defense. No good quarterback is only scoring 10 points. 
Okay. Uh, anyway, we're, we're <laughs> Panthers Bucks. We're gonna move on. Upset of the week: wow. the Carolina Panthers. Despite all the turmoil, despite them firing Frank Wright unjustly, Frank Reich unjustly, give me the, give, this. Just feels like a weird upset spot. So give me the Panthers as my upset of the week. Is it going to happen? Probably not. This game probably won't even sniff an upset. But you know what? I like having fun. Give me the Panthers. That's what I did with the Commanders. Nice. You Bryce got any, any particular matchup that can be exploited that gets it there? Oh, well, the Buccaneers' defense is just atrocious as a whole. Um, so I think really if the Panthers can find any sorts of well, one dimension of their offense that can consistently work, that might be able to be enough to get it done. Uh, give me the Panthers 24-21 in a tight game. So uh, the Panthers have these games where, like, in the late window when they just upset a team they shouldn't beat. Like, two years ago, they did it against the Chargers early in the year. Like, I don't know. I feel like I can just point to a couple games where it just happens. Uh, The Panthers sometimes, when everyone's watching, actually score points, and it's weird because you don't expect it. I'm going with the smart pick, though. I'm going with the Bucks. I'll be boring. I got Tampa. Better team all around. More talent. Um... More, less turmoil, uh, a head coach that's intact. Um, yeah, I just think Tampa's going to win. These teams are familiar with each other. Uh, Tampa should have Carolina's number. There's really not much to fear when you're playing the Panthers. Who's the one team they beat? Texans? Uh, uh, I don't know. Great question. I think they beat the Texans. That rings a bell for some reason. Do you know? They did. Nice. Nice. I get it every now and then. I'm good. Yeah, bad one for Houston. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm feeling all right. All, all right. right. One oh. more game before we go to our final break of our number one. I just about to say that, man. Well, so I said it page. better. We're so on the same page. You know, I'm, I kept more promises than I made, Jack. <laughs> all right. Let's go to SoFi Stadium. Browns, Rams. Um, Rams, three and a half point favorites. I will be going with the team with the better quarterback. And in this game, it is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, the Browns are going to fall to 7-5. Two in a row. I don't care if it's DTR. I don't care if it's uh, P.J. Walker. It is going to be the Los Angeles Rams winning this game in a slugfest. Uh, give me them 17-13. Uh, to 13. I have a lot of teams scoring 13 this week. I don't know why. You do. 17-14 field goal. Okay. Change it up. It's interesting. I am so stuck on this game, right? Um... I like the I like the Browns defense better. I was impressed by what the Rams did against the Cardinals last week. Um they showed they can still put up points. I'm struggling with this one, but I think to play contrarian to you, I'm gonna say that whoever the hell is playing quarterback gets it done just enough for the Browns. I agree with you. It's a slugfest. It's a low scoring, hard, smash mouth football game. I'm gonna go with the Browns. I'm gonna go with the Browns by two. Oh okay. by two. What score? Oh, man. Um, 15-13. Wow. Field goal's wild, buddy. If you got the Browns kicker in fantasy, this might be the day for you. Yeah, uh, Dustin Hopkins. Is it Hopkins? Huh. He's in. interesting. I didn't know he went to Cleveland. So. Crazy stuff, but we'll get into some even more crazy stuff. The game of the week. Coming up next on the other side of this break, we're going to step aside for one final quick time here in our number one, but don't go anywhere. Much more sports talk, NFL, etc. on the other side of the break. Mitch and Jack here on KUR. Welcome back in. It's heavy hitters here on the radio voice 
of Kutztown University, KUR. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That is Jack Heim. Yes, it Bringing is. you all the best in sports talk. We're hitting you heavily. We are. By the way, forgot to mention it. We'd like for you to get in on the conversation. 610-683-4058. Jack manning the phone lines today. Yeah. How are you feeling about it, buddy? Good. Give Jack his first call. He's never taken a caller here yet. So, always going to change things up. Well, actually, you know? no, you took one on the inaugural show. I did. Be his first in a while. So, <laughs> that... Okay. Um, we're going to move oh, on. Oh, man. By the way, you <laughs> Calling him call, out like that. <laughs> you can call in uh, at 610-683-4058. That's 610. I just said that. 683-4058. I don't care. we got to say it again. We do. 610-683-4058. Don't forget it. We want all of your thoughts. We want to hear from you imbecile Cowboys fans that think you still have a shot at the division. We want to hear from you foolish Giants fans who are having a up? terrible season. What? You're like, on the Monday show, you were all in on the Cowboys. What do you mean? You were like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you can't say they're not a contender. They are a contender, but they're not going to win the division. Just looking at it from a numbers standpoint, the Eagles have two losable games left. And if they lose both of them, the Cowboys still would be out based on uh, tiebreakers, I believe. Well, yes, I already went through this this conundrum. Yes, the Cowboys would still be out of the division title. So they're really three games back. Are we to believe that the Eagles are going to lose three games and the Cowboys are going to go undefeated? The Cowboys are going to have to go undefeated and the Eagles 500 with one of those losses being to Dallas. Like, that, that's not happening, okay? Do you see what I'm talking about? Uh, I do. So it's a numbers game at this point. We're into December, basically. There's one more game to be played left in November. That's tomorrow night. And then we're into December. And in December, it's all a numbers game. And I'm sorry, but the Eagles are going to put this even further in the rear view Sunday afternoon when they take on the San Francisco 40 Winers. Eagles 10-1. and Niners 8-3. and Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait for this football game. All... Of the whining and the complaining and the sob story. Let me break out the tiny violin because you lost another quarterback. You weren't even going to win it if you had that one because Brock Purdy is a bum. Brock Purdy is a loser and he's going to be lit up. Lit up like he's in suits by this Eagles defensive line. They're going to get home. They're going to have a fun day. Why are you saying that in a Trump type? I'm not. They're, They're going, going to get home. <laughs> They're going to have a great day. They're going to do a lot about a lot. <laughs> you said, okay, you okay. You might not have said the whole thing, but you said that they're in a Trump voice. They're right? going. I just, I just kind of growled it. It was like a Morgan Wallen thing, you know. But the Eagles are just going to beat this team. They have playmakers everywhere. I get that. They do. But they don't have it all together like the Eagles do. The Eagles role players are better than the Niners role players. And the Eagles have comparable talent that nobody talks about, mind you. Right? How is no one talking about Jalen Carter? How is no one talking about Brandon Graham? How's no one like, hardly, like, people just started talking about Jason Kelsey because his brother's Dayton Taylor. Right? This is ridiculous. We got players everywhere. The only place we don't have a decent player is quarterback. Kidding. He's good, but he's not great. Uh, Jalen Hurts is better than Brock Purdy, though. And he's going to show it. Brock Purdy, two interceptions and a fumble. Two interceptions and a fumble. Jalen Hurts throws a pick himself. Eagles are going to win the turnover battle. Eagles are going to win up front. Eagles are going to win the football game. I'll break some more stuff down, but first I want to get Jack's initial thoughts on one of the biggest games of the season, 
How are we feeling about it, Jack? I'm going to disagree with you. I don't um, care. Give me the 49ers to win, 49ers to cover, and let me explain why. I think they can match up front physically at the lines of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. Um, and for that reason, I think they're going to, you know, that's the big predominant reason. But otherwise, Christian McCaffrey, he's going to be able to run the football well. He can run, he can pass, you know. Just, <laughs> I mean, he's thrown two touchdowns in his career. <laughs> Maybe he will do a trick like that. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but oh, he can run. He can catch. He can do a lot of different things so well. He's just a dangerous weapon. Same with Debo Samuel. Um, the Niners are so versatile, both offensively, defensively. Um, I think the Eagles secondary is a little bit problematic. I think it could get burnt. Um, and we've seen that. I think the Bills expose some things uh, that the Niners could try to replicate. And for that reason, give me the Niners to win this football game. Purdy's going to be able to do it enough, uh, do enough, uh, and that that's putting it in a light tone. Um, give me the Niners to win it, thirty-one to twenty-eight. So I agree with you in a, a high-scoring game. I think both of these offenses will find success, even against the great defenses that both of these teams boast. Um, here's oh, can you grab that? Thank yep. you. But the Eagles, uh, they showed they can put up points. I'll talk about why I think the Niners can. Uh, in a second, I think it's going to come down though to the uh, to the turnovers that I'm forecasting by one Brock Purdy. I just I, I don't see him as a good quarterback. I refuse to admit it. And uh, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts limits the turnovers. He's shown he has that that essential comeback gene in him. But Jack, who we got on the line? We got John from Easton. He wants to weigh in on the 49ers and the Cowboys. John, let's hear it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Which one is it? Uh, this one to the right. To the right, to the right, to the right. Uh, bingo. Okay, John, we got you. Hurts is a great quarterback, top two in the league, most likely only behind Mahomes. But the dude's a winner. Dude has proven he doesn't lose. But that being said, this team that he is going to play on Sunday is probably the best constructed we've seen in the NFL. There's not a weak spot on that team. They have the best left tackle in football in Trent Williams. As much as I don't like the guy, the dude's a stud. He's going to shut down any defensive pass rusher, Brandon Graham, who have you on the on that side. Brock Purdy's going to have a clean pocket. Hassan Reddick's having a bad year, so Trent Williams have no problem with that guy. Uh, they have the best player on the planet Earth, Christian McCaffrey, at running back, who does everything, who I don't see the Eagles being able to stop. The reason they stopped him in the championship game was because, you know, they didn't have a guy who could throw the football. You had Josh Johnson on his 19th team out of 32. But I think the 49ers will prove to everybody on Sunday, wait a minute, we're here, and we're going to represent the NFC come January. And I want to say, regarding the Cowboys, they're going to beat Seattle tomorrow. They're going to have 10 days to rest for Philadelphia for a Sunday night game next week at Jerry World. They're going to win. Dak's going to continue his MVP-type season. Because he should have beaten you in Philly. He's going to beat you in Jerry World. Wrong. And they're going to take over the division lead. And the Niners will have a clear-cut path to the number one seed. So it'll go through Santa Clara, where they'll represent the NFC. And also, I'm going to say it, just a little caveat. Tommy DeVito and the G-Men are going to win on Christmas morning against the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, have a great all right, day. John. Thank you, bye. Oh, he's going to hang up. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask him. I wanted to ask him. Before he said the Giants thing, I was going to ask him if he was aware that the Cowboys still wouldn't be leading the division if they beat the Eagles and if the Eagles lost to the Niners. It's important to know, I think everyone needs to start saying it, the Eagles have to lose a third game, and the Cowboys have to go undefeated in that situation. But um, I'll, I'll address what he said about the Niners. I agree that McCaffrey will be a problem. I also think 
George Kittle, is he playing? He's healthy, right? Yes. Yeah. George Kittle will be a problem for the Eagles. They've shown uh, against San Fran the first time around, he had some big catches early on in that game. And uh, and against the Chiefs, the Eagles couldn't stop Kelsey. They've shown that the the tight end position has been their weakness. Now, they, they pretty much shut Kelsey down. He started coming alive late and then had that key fumble this season against the Chiefs. Uh, but they've shown that, that that tight end versus their linebackers is the weakness of this defense. I think the, the secondary can hold up uh, against these receivers as long as they tackle because uh, Debo does a lot of his damage after contact. But I think it's it's McCaffrey, and I think it's Kittle. And I think they're going to get theirs. I'm projecting the Niners to score in the vicinity of 30 points, probably more. This is going to be a very offensive game. They're going to be trading points left and right. I just think that the Eagles know how to put up points against this offense. Jalen Hurts running the football. He does it better than Brock Purdy. That's a weapon, right? It, it, it adds to the rushing attack of the Eagles, right? We talk about the, the Niners rushing attack with McCaffrey. The Eagles have a multifaceted rushing attack uh, with, with Hurts, with Swift, with the rest of the characters there. It does hurt not having Goddard as that third weapon on the field. But if Alameda He might is, be back this week. Yeah, but I, I'm still... I project him to be a little hobbled. Um, it would be good to have him back. Uh, but if, if Zacchaeus can start making plays more often like he made against the Bills, that was a key play in that game. That was a third down pass. Third and long. And the Eagles converted into a touchdown on a, an outrageous play by Hurts and Zacchaeus. Um, they showed they could put up 31 points when they weren't even really trying the second half because it was out of hand. I, I just think that this is going to be a slugfest. I, I am, the thing I am counting on, the thing I am wagering my, my opinion on here, are the Brock Purdy turnovers. I think they will. I, I think they will provide a rush. I get what he said about Trent. I, I, I just think that there's more guys on that line than the, the 49ers are going to be able to, to handle uh, with the Eagles. They keep them fresh. They keep them rotated. Uh, they have so many bodies they could put in there uh, to wreak havoc. Jordan Davis is having a coming out party. He had it against the Bills. I think he continues his momentum. Jack, any thoughts on these matchups? Um, I think that, you know, it's tough because these are obviously two of the best teams in the league, right? Um, but before I get to my thoughts, we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community, want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutstown.edu forward slash KUR, find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right. My thoughts on the matchups that that you presented. Um, Look, I think the 49ers, look, they're going to have the revenge aspect in their mind. They had this game last year. And they couldn't get it, you know, they couldn't get the desired outcome, not just because the Eagles play better, but they lost their quarterback and they were at a disadvantage ever since. They've had this game circled. I think both these teams have. Oh, since yeah. the start of the season. It's all anyone's talked about since the end of the Super Bowl last exactly. year. Like there's there's been exclusive hours of, of Philadelphia sports talk radio dedicated to what's a bigger rivalry? What do you care more about? Eagles Niners or Eagles Cowboys? That's an insane statement. Yeah, that's crazy. You don't put anyone in the category of the Cowboys in this city. No. But the the way that San Francisco has handled that loss and what all the players and, and the media have said and just, they're not better. We got screwed. Like, we got screwed. It's, uh, wah, 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 wah. And then you see the trash talk heating up right between, what is it, A.J. Brown and which which Niner did he call week? Debo? I forget. I don't know. Uh, but there, there have been articles coming out this week about, you know, the trash talk heating up between 
between these two squads, which I love. It, it feels old-fashioned, right? It does. It feels like, like Cowboys Niners used to look, right? Green Bay Niners for a while. I think the Niners just pick fights with people, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, it feels like a, a, a developing, a budding rivalry in the NFL, and I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. So what happens when you have two of the best teams in the league meeting so consistently on, on big stages. Um, they're going to have rivalry forms. They're going to have bad blood. Um, and I think the Niners are going get to get, get some revenge in this game. Um, I, I like that. I, I, you know, Look, Jordan Davis and, and Jalen Carter, they've been so impactful for Philadelphia, for Philadelphia in the interior of that defensive line with, with the youth um, and kind of the young lifeline there. But I think the 49ers, again, they're a team best equipped to be able to go toe-to-toe with Philadelphia. Uh, and I think they'll be able to get the better of them uh, you know, up front. And that, like I said, back to my original analysis, I think that's why the 49ers can be able to win this game. They can, you know, meet the physicality of the Eagles up front, be able to play multiple styles of ball, uh, and give me the 49ers to win. I think it's also important noting that, uh, you know, the Eagles offensive line held up last week against the Bills without Lane Johnson, right? And now you're going to be adding him back uh, after his one-week uh, absence. So I think I think that will be important. I think that'll provide some extra protect, protection against this vaunted uh, 49er front. It's it's another piece of the piece of the pie here that the Eagles are putting together to take down these these foolish these foolish 49ers. Um, you said 31 28 Niners, right? Correct. All right, I'll go. Uh, I'll go 34 31 Philadelphia Eagles in a thriller. Also worth noting, this game is in Philadelphia. That home field advantage will be on the side of the Eagles. Lincoln Financial Field will be rocking. We've been waiting for this one with bated breath all season long. We have our next caller on the line, Jack. It is John from Schnecksville. John, how we doing? Jack, Mitchell, how are you guys doing today? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. Good. Hey, listen, I think, you know, I think it can't go unsaid that this is probably the best front seven. Not only that the Eagles will see all season, but probably the best front seven in the NFL currently. I mean, with the, with the addition of Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Randy Gregory, obviously Hargrave Mitch, as an Eagles fan, you have to know. I do. And as a Steelers fan that I am, we all know what he brings to the table. you got those two stud linebackers in Warner and Greenlaw that roam the middle. The only little carrot or concern that I see is obviously they just lost their safety for the season with, I believe, an uh, Achilles injury. Shocker of the year, somebody with another Achilles or ACL injury. But So that defense, I know you think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I kind of see this game being a good old-fashioned, back-in-the-day NFC slugfest where two very good defenses slug it out, and this game is probably like 24-21, 24-17, and I'm going to go with the Niners. As far as the Cowboys are concerned – can we really pump the brakes on the Cowboy conversation until they actually beat a winning team? Then I will take if the Cowboys if the Cowboys beat the Eagles next week, I will start to take them seriously. Until then, honestly, they're really no different than the Giants or anybody else because there's the Eagles, the Niners, and then the rest of the NFC. Guys, have a great show. Love to hear your point of view and take it easy. All right, there he is, John from Schnecksville, one of our best callers, Jack. Um, and he makes a lot of valid points. He's going the way of the Niners. Um, and what he said about the uh, the Cowboys was very accurate. we got a few seconds before the end of the hour. Any thoughts on what John said? 
Um, good stuff there. I really like this analysis. Uh, you know, bringing up Hargrave as a key flip from the Eagles to the Niners there. Um, I, again, I think it's going to be a, a slugfest. I could see the points going either way. But, man, oh, man, am I excited to gear up and watch this one. Absolutely. Uh, to see two of the best teams in the league go toe-to-toe. And hopefully, you know, we don't have any big injuries in this one because we kind of got robbed. I agree. Time that would, it would, it's the only thing that could dampen it. But we'll, we'll wrap the – we'll put a bow on it on the other side. We got our hourly break. Keep it here. Whole another hour of sports talk coming your way. Hour number two of Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim. Mitchell Smedley. hey yo, How we doing? We're doing good, man. We're going to be doing better when the Eagles beat the Niners. My bad again. <laughs> Two in a row. I like that. I, I, I kind of yeah, liked it. The rock at the end was kind of funny. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, too much. Too much. No, I know. I know. I got excited. Um, yeah, I'll be doing great. By the way, welcome in the uh, the third member of the show. Well, I guess the fourth because Josh was here. Uh, Abby Riggs. How you doing, Gail? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. It's an honor. It wasn't really my choice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> kidding. It was. I, I did, in here. fact, ask her to be on this show. I was like, well, I was like, do you want to be on? She's like, sure. So, as we uh, step on to these sports takes, Abby, how are we feeling about the Eagles this weekend? That's what we're talking about right now. I'm feeling great. I have all of my confidence in the Eagles. They've only let me down once this year. Yeah. We're not going to bring that up. Too many Jets. sad feelings around that game. Yeah. Abby, do you have an Eagles jersey that you wear? No, but I've been actually looking to buy a Hertz one. Oh, bad choice. Bad choice. No, it's smart choice. I want to get me a Devontae Smith jersey. He's Skinny Batman. Points. I heard him talk. Like, I heard him in an interview. He is like the opposite of Jalen Hurts. He is so fun to listen to. I like when he speaks. Jalen Hurts, uh, yeah, 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 you know, it's like, it's like yeah, yeah, we're just going to win. I'm getting 1% better every 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 week, man, like, I'm getting better. It's like, dude, you're annoying. Stop talking. Just mumbling. Right? I don't know. Is that bad that I don't like my own quarterback? Kind of. It's kind of kind of twists me. I, I lay awake thinking about it. But there is one other football game I want to get your opinion on before you skedaddle out of here, Abby. And that is the one me and Jack, right? Will you be going? I don't know. But uh, that's the one KUR will be broadcasting this Yes, Saturday. I will be going. All right. I, I didn't know if you made a final decision. Right here on Heavy Hitters, your source for all of Jack's major life announcements. <laughs> He's going to Slippery Rock with us when KUR goes out there, or KUR, I guess will go out there. But the Golden Bears football team playing Slippery Rock once again after beating them by the same score the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles did the Niners in the NFC Championship game. 31-7 to in the PSAC Championship. Jack, Abby, how are we feeling about this upcoming game? I feel like they're going to win it. They beat Slippery Rock once. What's the second time? Fantastic analysis, that I is, must say. I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, to say the least, it was absolutely, you know, earth-shattering analysis there from, from our very own Abby Riggs. We appreciate it. Abby, um, you know the Eagles won their only Super Bowl having beat a team that beat them the last time they were in a Super Bowl? So what is that, uh, what is that logic you got there? No comment. Yeah. That's well, those I are two thought. completely different seasons. I don't care. Decade and a half apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not even the same players remotely close to being on the field. In I that know. Game. I wonder if there was any player that was on both teams. Maybe like David Akers. Now, he wasn't even on the team anymore. Was, it, was Brady the quarterback? He was! Oh, I knew there was someone. I was going to say. There was. Yeah, I don't know how that didn't jump off the page at me. Jack, how about you? Feeling good, man. I am feeling good. Uh, Cuts down in the same position they were two years ago, just a different opponent. 
uh, chance to go to the semifinals. We talked about it on the Bears beat when we guest appeared um, on, on, the, on Monday. We may not have the same listener base, you know? It's true. But I will re—why um, did I lose the word? Um, I'll just give the same thoughts I did uh, on Monday. Uh, Kutztown, I think, is in a good spot. I think physically up front, uh, they'll be able to control the lines of scrimmage uh, like they did last time around, uh, and the Golden Bears, I think, are going to win in my, in my estimation. That's a good, uh, that's a good analysis. Um, Judd Novak, he'd win for Josh, right? <laughs> I crack me up. Yep. Uh, <laughs> what did you want to say, Abby? I just said, yup. Oh, okay. Yeah, thanks for your input. So, <laughs> yeah, that's Stay tuned. You can hear the game live. Coming to you from Slippery Rock here on KUR. Kickoff is set for noon. Our broadcast will begin roughly around 11.30 a.m. Jack, Josh, and myself down on the sidelines for you. I'll have that up-close and personal perspective for you. So, we'd love to have you along for the ride. Um, luckily, y'all don't have to take a four-and-a-half-hour bus trip. So, we that's do. one perk. Yeah, we do. We're going to be, uh, should we go Pinchgate round two? <laughs> The pinch strikes Josh. <laughs> that sounds like a like an epic like bounce back. Yeah, I know. Uh, could you imagine he's like in the middle of his twenty page research paper, and I just reach up. Boop. <laughs> that sounds wow. Like, that sounds like something that would be in like a movie series. I know the <laughs> Pinchgate two. <laughs> sounds like a documentary. The pinch strikes back. Pinchgate sounds like something Reagan did. You know, and President Reagan's being investigated as part of his Pinchgate story. What did you say, Abby? I said coming to a theater near you. Oh yeah, I don't think that I don't think they put documentaries in theaters, do they? Well, I feel like Pinchgate might be more Nixon appropriate. No, but that was Watergate. That's the yeah, easy answer. I know it's the no. Out, you know who did Pinchgate? Lyndon B. Johnson, President Hoover. Oh, Zach Taylor. Oh wait, who's Calvin Coolidge? No, who's the Zach? Zach Taylor's the was he the coordinator or the head coach? He's the, the head Bengals? coach of the Bengals. Wasn't there a President Zach Taylor? Um, there was a Zach, right? Abby, can we get on this? Can we get on Google? Okay. I'll Google it right now. Yeah, President Zach. I love how we've <laughs> completely shifted focus into talking about presidents. Yeah, can we shift our focus one more time to the KUR Notebook, buddy? Is that possible? Sure. We can do that. All right, from the KUR Notebook, come out to the MSU Multipurpose Room tomorrow, no. November 30th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. to paint records and to de-stress before finals start. There will be snacks and good music as well. Again, that's tomorrow in the MSU Multipurpose Room from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. to paint records and de-stress before finals begin. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. My producer just uh, gave me the clearance in my ear that, uh, yeah, what a, what a lateral move. What a, what a crazy career for Zach Taylor. Went from being the 12th president of the United States to the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. That's an impressive career, man. So, congrats, Zach Taylor. President Zach Taylor, I'm sorry. Any comments? Or can we, uh, can we get back? We got just one more game, right, for NFL. Then we'll get a myriad of, uh, of other sports in the second hour. Jack, Mitch, and Abby making our way through the 6 o'clock hour here on the East Coast. We got Eagles, Niners. We just uh, went through all the, all the matchups there. All right. What uh, else you got for us, Jack? Uh, Sunday Night Football. Let's talk about the Wup, camp. Up, up, up. Oh, wait, wrong one. <laughs> Waiting all day for Sunday. All right, Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs, six point favorites. Um, trying to no wait, 
that's wrong. Statement. I was going to say try oh. to bounce back, but they beat the Raiders, so they don't have to worry about bouncing back from anything. They bounced Packers, back in that game. Down they did. Nothing. Packers trying to continue some momentum after a statement win against the Lions, where Jordan Love looked really, really good. Uh, but guess what? The Chiefs aren't in a atrocity of a defense like the Lions are. Give me the Chiefs to win this one. They improve to nine and three, going up to Lambeau. Tough place to play, uh, especially on a Sunday night uh, in, in the colder months of the year. Well, not colder months. Well, kind of yes and no, but. A little bit of colder weather. Chiefs are going to win it. MVS was a Packer, right? Correct. Yeah. And then he's now dropping passes for the Chiefs. Love it. But, um, unfortunately, I just think that the Chiefs' defense is too good. They're much, much, much better than the Lions. Um, And the Packers are going to find it very difficult to move the football. I think the Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs cover by a lot. And I think at the end of the game, unfortunately, Abby, we're going to have to hear something from Kermit the Frog. Yeah, you know, they had... They're great players on both sides, and I'm just really excited that uh, that we got to play here at Lambeau Field. I love it. It's so historic. And, you know, I'm just really happy, and I'm going to go make more State Farm commercials. Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> I think he should stick to the commercials. <laughs> All commercials, Man. no quarterbacking. Maybe Baker yeah. Mayfield should try that, too. Ooh, that's accurate, bro. Who's a better commercial maker, Baker or Patrick? Oh, oh Baker. Gotta 100%. be Baker, right? His progressive commercials were elite. So what were some of them? Because I couldn't really see them. Um, there was one where he was trying to cover it from the rain, right? What was he doing? Yeah. It's like, the was, rain's coming. Yeah, he was covering the stands. All like of the them? Bleachers. I don't know. It was just like one section. I think he tried to do all of them, but started. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, there was one he was, you know, mowing the, the the field. What was the whole purpose of that? Like, that's I, his I don't home? Know. Home is like where home the, insurance? uh, yeah, something like that. I don't know. So. But he was like living in the stadium like a little cockroach. <laughs> oh, my God. What? They live in your house. The army can't live in your house. John Mulaney for you, um, Abby. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes? Is he washed as a quarterback? The Eagles beat him. No. No. Okay. Well, you're boring. I can talk more on commercials with NFL players, but the quarterback talk I really only know about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. No comment. Oh, Abby, I met, I've been meaning to ask you this question for weeks. How is uh, how's Derek Wright doing? I dropped him a long time ago. Oh. I'm trying to forget him, actually. Disappointing. Well, I'm never going to let that happen. Abby, in the fifth round fifth of our fantasy football like draft? Fourth. Yeah, maybe the fourth round. Picked uh, a guy that neither me nor Jack has ever heard of named Derek Wright. I do have something to say about Patrick Mahomes, though. Oh, well, please let it fly. He has such a great playmaking ability, throwing all over the field. Thank you, ChatGP Abby. No! That was not ChatGPT. That was all original. Did Jack text it to you? No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Abby, could you tell us something about Brock Purdy? (laughs) He sure is Purdy. And did you know he went to Iowa State? Stop. Iowa? He went to Iowa? Yes. Yeah, Iowa State. Like the worst. Oh, wait, different. Oh, wait, that's different. Iowa is different than Iowa State. Direct rivals of each other. Yeah, I was going to say. Those two schools actually hate each other quite a lot. They actually play for the Cyhawk Trophy trophy every single year. So, like, where is Iowa? Iowa's, like, left of Illinois, right? West? Um, it is. What did you just yes. whisper, Abby? It, it is west of Illinois, correct. What is Abby whispering over there? I looked up to see what Brock Purdy looks like. Oh, is he Purdy? Is he hot? Drop it like it's hot. He's he, mid. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Firing back. I love it. The rivalry is heating up. But What are your so, thoughts on Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday night. I got the Chiefs winning. Uh, I think the, the defense shuts down the Packers. By the way, Green Bay, shout out to you. Apparently, uh, you're the most similar city in the uh, in the world to my listening on Spotify. So, go you. You guys know what's up with your Luke Combs out there. And um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, the defense does well. The offense, obviously, I think it's the the theme of the Chiefs is they're gonna they're gonna be okay. They're gonna put up some points. They're not the Chiefs of old uh, where they would put up thirty, forty every week, uh, but they're doing enough. I, th- I think they win this game something like go oh, twenty four to ten. Thirty four ten. Uh, you got the Chiefs twenty four ten. Oh, twenty four ten. I'm sorry, I misheard. You. Yeah, well, try hearing sometimes. All right. Um, no, any more thoughts in the NFL? Did you give your thoughts? I did. Yeah, I, yeah, I said the Chiefs. Um, are going to win win and cover. I I don't think you did. I thought I did. Maybe Mm-mm. I didn't. I don't know. Okay, you know what? I'll give my thoughts then. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, I think, said have a pretty decent game. Um, I think on the ground, and, and he has a factor ability, excuse me, to be able to factor in through the air. Uh, I think it could be a nice little game for MVS going back to his old confines in Lambeau. Um, but... Yeah, I think if he can hold on to the ball. Yeah, that that is true. That is a good point. You have to be able to catch the football um, as a wide receiver. That is kind of your job description. So uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs to win. Uh, the defense is going to be locked down. I'm going to go a similar score to you, but I'm going to go 27 to 13. Ooh, okay, upping me by a field goal on each side. I love it. So we'll have those. We'll have those picks. Usually, this is about the time that that old man Regs walks in or calls in and. Gives us his picks, but we'll have those picks tallied up for you. Um, and also, speaking of calling in, I don't think we've mentioned it yet this hour. Your calls, 610-683-4058. Once again, 610-683-4058 to get in on the discussion. Right now we're talking Chiefs-Packers, but we got all kinds of NFL action, among other things, to talk about uh, in this wild world of sports. Jack, uh, any other football thoughts before we transition? Um, I'm ready to talk about some college. Yeah, we want to talk some college football. We got three minutes before our break. Where do you want to start? Oh, we're actually going to get another phone call, which is outstanding. Just fantastic. So while Jack sorts that out, I will tell you that, uh, <laughs> there you are. I can't get Abby's, uh, I can't get Abby's Brock Purdy comment out of my head. That's what I will tell you. It's making me laugh several times. Yo, we got our call already. That was fast, buddy. Uh, I thought I was going to have to stall for a little longer. But who do we have on the line next? Well, you mentioned his name. Regs is calling in. Hey, perfect timing. Old man Regs, how we doing? I heard my name used, and I had to call in and give you my picks. I promise to be super quick. I'm going to breeze through these in like 30 seconds because I don't want to waste your time. But Never a waste of time with you on the line. couple of weeks. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so here I am. Awesome. Let's. Uh, it's never a waste of time when you're on the phone, Rags. Let's get to it. Who you got for us? All right, all right. Let me get my, my schedule up here. Okay, uh, Cowboys, Seahawks, uh, Cowboys. Um, I'm going to save the best for last. I'm going to skip past the Eagles, 49ers. I'll do that last. Uh, Falcons, Jets. Uh, give me the Falcons. Chargers, Patriots. That's easy. Chargers. Uh, Lions, Saints. Uh, Lions are starting to fall apart a little bit, but I don't think enough to, to lose to the Saints. So give me the Lions. Cardinals, Steelers, that's easy. Steelers, Dolphins, Commanders. Yeah, which one of you guys? I, I was it, uh, Mitch had the upset with the Commanders. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Mitch on that one. That's, nice. Uh, I think the Dolphins are starting to show their weaknesses a little bit. Commanders can upset some teams every so often. So, um, 
yeah, give me the Commanders on that one. Colts, Titans, I don't really care, but give me the Colts. Uh, Broncos, Texans, uh, give me the Texans. Panthers, Bucks. Uh, I want to agree with Jack. Oh, wow. I, we, we, we see a lot of crazy things happen sometimes. I mean, the team is a mess. They just fired their coach. Uh, and who knows? That might be the, uh, the, the uh, impetus they need to, uh, to win. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's a possibility. It's probably not going to happen, like Jack said, but it's a fun one to predict. So give me the Panthers. Uh, Browns, Rams, um, hmm. uh, yeah, uh, give me the Rams, actually, on that one. I'll take the Rams on that one. Chiefs, Packers, I hate to say it, but give me the Chiefs. I, I don't like them at all, but they'll, they'll probably win. Uh, Bengals, Jaguars next week. I don't know if you guys really did that one because you probably wait till your Monday show, but I usually don't call on Monday, so Correct, I'll give you that one now. Give me the, uh, the Jaguars with that. And last but not least. Oh, yeah. The 49ers, Eagles, yeah, it's it's going to be a very it's going to be a tough game, um, but and and don't and don't uh, you know don't get uh, Jack don't get mad at me for being uh, you know saying that you know I'm just partial to the Eagles or whatever because I have called against the Eagles before as you know and I wind up being wrong because uh, they're happily. so good. Uh, so, but no, I, I actually do think that the Eagles are going to win this, but it's not going to be easy. In fact, I foresee maybe even another overtime game. Uh, two, two overtime games in, in, in as many weeks. Why not? Uh, let's, let's have some fun. But I think in the end, the Eagles will win by a score of 27-24. to 24. I love it, Regs. I love those picks, especially that Eagles one at the end there. Way to pick for your hometown team, buddy. Regs, I can't right, get mad you at you for picking your Eagles. I can't get mad at you for picking your Eagles. Um, great call as always, Regs. We appreciate you. Um, we we yeah we appreciate you as always. I'm not gonna get mad at you. You have you have a right to your own opinion. You think the Eagles are gonna win? You see some matchups there that that you think favor the Eagles. It's gonna be a tightly played game. I don't think it's gonna be lopsided in any way, shape, or form. Um, so why would I get mad at you for picking the Eagles? Of course, yeah, they're your team. Of course, you do have some slight leaning to them, but I don't think that clouded your judgment in your pick. You believe the Eagles are gonna win for what's gonna happen on the gridiron, not what's happening in your heart with your fandom towards the Eagles. So yep. Anything With that else? being said, nah, I don't, I don't got anything else, man. All right. On the other side of the break, we'll hit up some college football, then we'll get to some MLB trade rumors and so much more. Keep it here. That was the awesome regs. This is Heavy Hitters. Keep it on KUR. Welcome back on in to Heavy Hitters. The Mitchell Smedley, that's Jack Heim, getting you through this Wednesday afternoon, this bitter cold Wednesday afternoon. And, yes, it is too cold. I'll die on that hill been too cold for about a month now come at me regs i don't care uh <laughs> oh man i know he's listening i probably shouldn't challenge my boss like that but thank you you're welcome buddy got it covered uh <laughs> we just finished up our nfl talk if you got any uh any um what do you call it thoughts yeah yes that is what generally <laughs> happens if you got any thoughts lord knows i don't <laughs> you can call in 610-683 4058 to get on the show. 610-683-4058. Jack has been working his tail off. Working those phones like a master. Thank you, buddy. Working like it's his job here on Heavy Hitters. Jack, it's time to get into some college football in the month of December. It's December! Where are we going? All right. It is conference championship week. 
And I want to start with a story that hits to the Golden Bears, actually. Oh. Talks about the PSAC a little bit. Great piece in The Athletic there here by Max Olson talking about Oklahoma State and their unlikely path to finding their current defensive coordinator, Brian Nardo. Brian Nardo was a longtime D2 coordinator, uh, coached for eight years at Emporia State, then bounced around a little bit before finding a home at Gannon University uh, on the Western Division of the PSAC at a place that he thought he would never leave. Until he got an unexpected phone call from one Mike Gundy, the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Almost said Oklahoma Sooners. That is incorrect. Oklahoma State Cowboys. The reason he called, he wanted to run a defense similar to the one that a conference foe runs, the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, And Brian Nardo was one of the few coordinators who could actually run that defense and knew it down to a science. So, he calls him up. Brian Arda thinks it's fake at first. He's like, yeah, I'm getting a call from uh, Still, uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah, okay, this has got to be fake. But turned out not to be fake. Got a plane ticket in his inbox, flew out uh, to meet with the coaching staff, uh, and that is all that that story wrote. He got the job uh, first year as the D.C. of Oklahoma State, and they are in the Big 12 title game. What a story that was. Uh, for for Nardo and the Sooners. They will square up against the Longhorns on Saturday where I think that they will lose. Uh, But it has been a good season uh, for for Mike Gundy and the Cowboys. Really uh, a run of the Big 12 title game that not many saw coming after a lackluster season uh, a year ago. It's impressive. What a a story. That was a little feel-good story of the day. I I do feel a little bit better. Not really, because I'm still behind on all my soon-to-be finals. Um... I appreciate you. I appreciate story time with Heim. Story Heim. <laughs> oh, man. All right, uh, let's just start Tell with that game, Tell another one, Grandpa. Let's just start with that game, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I mentioned, I think Texas is going to win. I think they're just the better team up front. While I gushed about this Oklahoma uh, defense, uh, Oklahoma State defense, they have been susceptible to big plays this year. I think Texas has the personnel to be able to hit those big chop plays through the air. Uh, whether it's it's Quinn Ewers finding uh, Xavier Worthy or any of the other receivers that they have. Their rushing game is strong as well. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian will get Texas a Big 12 title in their final year in the Big 12. Uh, they will win over Oklahoma State. I agree. I agree with you on this pick. I think it's fairly simple in my mind. They're the better team. They're going to win the football game. Do you have a problem? Got a problem with and my Mitch, pick? And Mitch, two of the feature colors in this game Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. All right. Both these going. teams are orange, so. Uh, take a look, take at, a look the, at the oranges. Thank you. I was getting there, but you cut me off. I'm sorry. It, so. just, it just flew out. I'm doing a lot about a lot over here. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I accomplished about the military. <laughs> you know, we have a world. <laughs> oh, brother. I love that video. So funny. All right. Um, let's go to Friday. Let, let's dial it back a little bit. Highly anticipated Pac-12 title game. Oregon, Washington, a rematch of a regular season showdown from up in Seattle that saw the Huskies take down the Ducks. Bo Nix, Dan Lanning, and company have a little bit of revenge on their mind with a college football playoff berth more than likely on the line with Oregon being the number five in the latest college football playoff rankings and Washington sitting at number three. A loss would bump the Huskies out of the playoff race uh, and the final playoff rankings. Meanwhile, a win for Oregon, I think, would propel and catapult them into a playoff spot at the end of the day. Huge one here. Uh, I'm looking defensively. That's where the start is. Obviously, both these teams have dynamic offenses. Bo Nix is going to be a Heisman finalist. I think Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback for Washington, could very well be a Heisman finalist as well. I don't think he's going to win it, but he could very well be going to the New York ceremony for the Heisman Trophy. 
Great year for both of these teams. 12-0, 11-1. Uh, what Kalen DeBoer has done as the head coach of the Huskies has been nothing short of phenomenal, uh, getting them to an undefeated regular season when not many thought that they could run the table and go undefeated to the Pac-12 title game. Uh, Dylan Johnson, the running back, has been a big part of that as well. The Mississippi State transfer there. Uh, and, of course, their wide receiver, their top guy, uh, Rome Adunzi, a uh, big part of what they do offensively. Defensively, the secondary has stepped up. This is a team which has found ways to win. Oregon is favored by 9.5 in this game. Flip side, let's talk about the Ducks. Uh, Bonix is incredible. Troy Franklin, a great receiver. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Give me the Ducks, though, to get a little bit of payback uh, and beat Washington in this game. I'm going to disagree. I got Washington in this one. Taking down those Ducks. I don't know, man. Sometimes Mitchie got a hunch. Sometimes Mitchie got a hunch, and he has that hunch with this Washington team. You do? You just I think do. they're magical? I, I think magical. I think they're I think they're them boys, if you will. <laughs> Even though they're the Huskies. I don't care. They're them dogs. Them dogs. All right, let's go to Saturday. We already talked about the noon game between Oklahoma State and Texas. Let's talk about the SEC title game. Georgia meeting Alabama. Georgia, Alabama. Georgia has never beat Alabama in an SEC title game. Really? In their school's history. Correct. Uh they've met quite a lot in the recent uh, in the recent past. But this time, can Georgia get it done? They're favored by five and a half. I think Alabama looked unconvincing last week. They had to scrape by and get a win uh, against Auburn. Not a lot of people are talking about that, by the way, in the national uh, national media sense. They're, oh, giving no one's Al- saying they're giving Alabama all this praise for getting a scrappy win against their fierce rival Auburn. Can we talk about the fact that Alabama was getting worked for a large majority of this game? If you're going to get worked by Auburn... Imagine what George is going to do to you. Give me the dogs to win, the dogs to cover. They're back in the college football playoff. I think Kendall Milton's going to be able to have a good day. Carson Beck will show why he's such a good quarterback. Don't discount Chandler Miller either. Very much a threat with both his arms, uh, with with his arm and his legs, his mobile capability. Could cause some problems with this Georgia defense. I won't say that. That is a matchup to watch. If Alabama is to pull the upset, Jalen Miller is going to have to have a big day on the ground for the Tide, and they will also have to, uh, you know, Sure, some things up defensively, but give me Georgia to win this one. I'm feeling confident in the dogs. Kirby Smart will be able to get the dogs another win and another SEC title. I'm not big on Milrow, um, and and you're exactly right. No one's talking about how Alabama needed a muffed punt and some bogus defense from Auburn uh, to pull off that victory in the final stages of that one. That's not convincing. Uh, Auburn is not even half the team that Georgia is. Georgia is going to whoop them by double digits. They're going to win by a lot. They're going to go back to the college football playoffs, and they're going to be national champions. Wow, three in a row. Yes, the three-peat. Three-peat for Georgia. I very well could see it happening. Um, they're, they're not ranked number one for no reason. Yeah. And I think this is kind of like the national championship game, I think, for them. If they can get by Alabama, I'm not sure who else in the top four is going to beat them. I think they can very much handle Michigan, what they like to do, uh, especially offensively. I'm not scared of Michigan if I'm Georgia. Florida State with a backup quarterback, if they're able to get in, we'll talk about that game uh, coming up very shortly. Uh, and then if it's Oregon, you've already beat Oregon once, you know, badly a year ago. Obviously things are different, but they still have the same quarterback. They still like to do a lot of the same things. I think if Georgia's able to get through this game, they're going to win another national title. I would be inclined to agree with you in that regard, Mitchell Smedley. Agreed with you, Mr. Jackheim. Where are we headed to next? All right. Uh, fun one. That's not really a power five. The AAC, uh, SMU and Tulane should be a fun one there. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring contest. Uh, between these two, Tulane, the reigning AAC champs, and they beat USC in a bowl game last year. Uh, I like Tulane. I'm not going to go crazy. Oh, on this I was going to go with Tulane. Yeah, they are the favorite. Yeah, I'll go with Tulane. So nice. 
right, we're going to give you a list of some other conference championship games before we preview uh, our final two off in the Big Ten and the ACC. We've got New Mexico State and Liberty on Friday night Ooh, from Liberty, Conference yo. USA. Let's go. Uh, undefeated Liberty, 12-0, 24th in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, and then we have, who doesn't like some action, right? Miami of Ohio and Toledo uh, squaring off. That's a noon game. Holy Toledo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's your pick. I, I got to go with Toledo. <laughs> got it. <laughs> My shoe is falling apart. Uh, one you would like, I think you're, you're going to be pulling for him. It's the it's Troy in the Sun Belt squaring off against one of your favorite artists artists on oh, the modern. Is it Appalachian State? It is. Yeah, Appalachian State. let's go. The fighting Mountaineers. Luke, the fighting Luke Combs gets louder when I'm cheering on the Mountaineers. Folks know I'm country when they hear the way I talk. Covering Morgan Wallen, he's a dude. It's like when worlds collide right there. But yeah, let's go Appalachian State, man. All right, couple of 8 p.m. games. Let's first start with the lopsided one in the Big Ten. It'll be oh, Michigan. This is not going to be a fun game. It'll be Michigan so squaring boring. off against Iowa for the second straight year in the Big Ten title. This one was ugly a year ago. It was Michigan by a million, and I foresee a similar outcome. They're favored by 21.5, giving Michigan to win, Michigan to cover. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards going to have some big days on the ground. J.J. McCarthy's not going to have to do a whole lot through the air to get Michigan the win in this game. Offensively, Iowa would be lucky to score a touchdown. Yes. Um, you know, Michigan is favored by, I mentioned that, 21.5. The over-under in this game, 35.5. It's going over solely because of Michigan. Oh, Michigan they're going to score 42 yeah. minimum. Give me Michigan to win 42-3. to three. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be ugly. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be Brock Purdy. Thank goodness the Big Ten is doing away with divisions after yeah. this year. About time. It's about Long overdue. Time. Uh, yeah, our final game, FSU. FSU and Louisville. FSU opened up as four-point favorites down to two and a half. Oh, it's tightening up. It is. It's going to be a close game. You getting nervous, buddy? No, I'm not nervous. You know why? Because Florida State finds ways to win. Louisville's coming off of a game where they lost to their rivals, Kentucky. 38-31 at home. Did they find a way to win when it was what a time to be alive? Years ago, different coaching staff. <laughs> I know, I just wanted to say Stop it. bringing that up. What a time to be alive. You can't believe what just happened. I love that call. One of the best calls in sports. <sighs> you weren't on Alvarez, man. It was, dude, turned my life upside down. It did. Yeah. Um, certainly did to mine because we lost to Georgia Tech. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think that might be the most embarrassing part of that game. We lost to Georgia Tech. Um, anyway, back to it. FSU and Louisville. I am going to give a non-biased breakdown of this game before giving a pick. That's that. funny because I'm going to have a non-biased breakdown. So, let's see here. Louisville's a team overperforming in year one under a head coach. Jeff Brom coming back to the college that he played at. Um, a Brom? Yes, Jeff Brom, uh, the head coach. Former Purdue head coach. Um, look, Florida State, I like them defensively. I think they'll be able to do some things physically up front. Uh, that'll give Louisville some fits. I'm looking at Patrick Payton and Jared Verse, the, the two edge rushers in this game. I love Braden Fisk uh, in, on the interior of that defensive line. Fabian Love as well. I, I like Florida State. Defensively, they've been impressive all year long. All three levels. Experience with linebackers. The D-line is incredible. And the secondary is taking steps forward uh, You know, game in and game out. Akeem Dent had a really good showing against Florida. Man, I like Florida State, man. I know it sounds biased because I love the Knowles, but this team just has a feeling amongst themselves that 
you know, what are no, you doing, no matter, Abby? No matter what <laughs> obstacles are thrown their way, they're going to be able to persevere uh, and, and get the victory. I think that's going to be the same in this game. And I know a lot of people are rooting against Florida State because, oh, we don't want to see Florida State in the playoff with a backup quarterback. No one does, by well, the way. Well, you know what? Good. Good. We just need them. We don't even need that extra fuel. Coming from a guy that won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. It can never happen. We don't even need extra fuel. You know why? It's all about us, as right. Coach Mike Norvell says. That's great. So, Jack, I wanted, to, uh, I wanted They're to ask you. Two. It's implied. Oh, sorry. No, you're all good. Right. Now, that, um, now that we've gone through some of the uh, marquee matchups, I wanted to ask you, um, just kind of break it down. So give us some situations, some of the likely situations, and then some of the, uh, if there's upsets, if there's, if there's a little bit of chaos, who, who gets in, presumably who doesn't, you know, with the, the whole rankings thing. Give us where it stands now, how that could change as the week unfolds. All righty. Well, let's unfold a couple of scenarios. Let's say Oregon beats Washington, they're in. If Washington wins, they obviously would get in, stay undefeated. Well, the top four right now are? Top four. One is Georgia, two is Michigan, three is Washington, four is Florida State. Okay. With a loss, the bottom two are effectively out of the race. Right. I think Michigan, if they somehow get stunned in the biggest upset of all time, um, they might be out as well. I think it's very possible that if they lose somehow to Iowa, that they are are, are done. They they, they are done. They're out of the race. They would put Ohio State back in over them. With the way the rankings are shaped up, with Oregon being five and Ohio State six, it's telling me that even with the win for Alabama, it's not even fully a guarantee that they could get in. Because they're still at eight. Interesting. I mean, they would have to jump. They would, but they'd beat the number spots. one seed. I know. I know. That's the tough part. Yeah. And that's really where the committee has dug themselves a hole, I think. With, with the, I think, the improper ranking of Oregon all year long, it's really put themselves in a bind coming down this final stretch. So you think Oregon should be lower? I think Alabama and Texas both have better resumes than the Ducks do. Okay. All right. And is Texas seven? Texas is seven, correct. Okay. So you got the first four out. You got Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, and Alabama. Correct. Okay. So riddle me this, my computer wife. Um, let's say Alabama wins. Alabama wins. I had yes. to get it in. Right. Let's um, – uh, do you think Oregon and Alabama are in? Do you think Oregon falls out? What? Do you think Alabama jumps up to maybe four, Oregon's what? three? If Oregon wins and Alabama No, wins? If, if Alabama – aren't they playing? Or, no, I'm sorry. I am totally wrong team. If Alabama beats Georgia, I am so sorry. If Alabama beats Georgia. And Oregon beats Washington. Never mind Oregon. If Alabama beats Georgia, do you think that's enough for Alabama to get up to the four? It's tough. It depends on what happens to Florida State. Yeah. If Florida, State, Florida loses, State loses, Yeah, okay. if Florida State loses, they're out. So if Florida they're State down. loses, they're out. That effectively puts Bama seven. The dream scenario for Bama. Let me, let me paint the picture sure. for you. Florida State loses to Louisville. Okay. Oregon loses to Washington. So if Oregon and Washington are both above Bama, okay, I guess that yeah, okay. Oregon loses. So that the means five Washington would be locked in at thirteen and zero. Yep. That means Florida State would be out of the running. Oregon would be out of the running. Ohio State, I think, if Alabama wins since they're playing in a conference title, they would jump them. They can jump them. But yep. then here comes the problem for the committee. Texas, if Texas wins, yep. Where do you put Texas? Where Where does the head to head get valued? Because it's Texas gotta be beat important. Alabama head to head in Tuscaloosa. I that would have Texas. Have, that has to have value, and that's I think why Alabama stayed below Texas all year. If Texas wins, I can't justify putting Alabama ahead of them. You want real chaos? Add to that if Michigan State or not Michigan State. Who cares about Michigan State? If Michigan loses, holy holy mackerel! Could you see a Final Four or a, a top four of um, Washington, Oregon? Not Oregon. Stop with that. Washington, Georgia, Alabama, and Texas. I mean, that would be insane. That would be wild. That would be absolutely insane. 
lights out. You'd come in here, I mean, obviously depressed that the knolls were out, but but you'd come in here giddy with the the chaos that that would brew. Yes, correct. As a, as a college football fan, okay. What do you think is the most likely outcome? I think I think Oregon's going to be able to win that game. I think most likely outcome. Oregon wins, they jump in. Texas wins, but they're out. Ohio State stays out. Michigan's going to win. They're staying two. I think Georgia's going to win. So it's going to be the final four: Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State at the three. Oh, you think they jump Washington with a win and a Washington loss? Oh, I forgot you had that. Okay, sorry. And then Oregon at the four. Oh, or okay, I forgot you had so Oregon. Oregon, over Oregon will play Georgia. And I got Florida Washington State would duel winning with, that game with Michigan. All right. Interesting. I think how that uh, that game's huge on being on Friday night. It is so big it, because it the provides winner, so much life to yeah, other teams. That would yeah, that would bring a jolt to other teams playing on Saturday, and that really sets the tone for championship weekend. Sure, for championship weekend for sure. Absolutely. I love how that game's on Friday. Yeah, I think it's really good for the sport. It's really good for the uh, for the committee there. Anyways, those are some of your uh, your possible outcomes. College football getting down to the nitty gritty here, but we're gonna shift gears on the other side of this final break of the show. We'll talk some MLB rumors some college hoops, some NHL, whatever is on the plate for today. Keep it here. Heavy hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Final 20 minutes of heavy hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack Hunt, Mitchell Smedley, as always with you. The preview show, we talked about NFL, college football, and Mitchell. Actually, before we move on, I have some breaking news. Oh! shed some light on here on heavy hitters. Baseball signing. The New York Mets have made a move. They have signed former Yankee Luis Severino to a one-year contract to round out the back end of the rotation. Carlos Mendoza, the former Yankee bench coach, bringing one of his former guys uh, to the other side of New York. Yeah. Severino, you're becoming a Met. And you know what? You know what? A really bad season for Severino a year ago. Tumultuous season. But... He can only build on it. But you know what? Pitchers are some of the most finicky athletes in all of sports. You just tinker with one thing, and it can fix them. 100%. Thanks for the input, Josh. (laughs) Josh Toot back in studio. Um, Yeah, Severino was a guy that I had heard brief rumors that, uh, you know, the Phillies could add uh, add some depth to the back end of the bullpen. Um, But he goes to New York, and uh, you can have him. I don't care. I got my eyes set on Miyamoto. Not even his name. Yeah, it is. Yamamoto? It's Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Oh, is Miyamoto that uh, the creator of Mario? Is that, that guy? Yoshimoto, I think. Yeah, I think Abby's Yoshimoto? right Yoshimoto? No, I don't think so. I think it's, isn't it like Yoshida Miyamoto? What's that guy's name? Did someone look it up? I don't know. I think it's Miyamoto. I don't know. What do I know about anyone? Um... Congratulations on your little signing there. How, what was the money on it? One year, 13 mil. Oh, 13. Okay, wow. That's more than I would have guessed. Uh, congratulations, buddy. I hope it goes well for you. Um, where do you have the Mets landing? I know it's early in the offseason. Where do you have them landing in the uh, divisional rankings next season, 2024? Again, it's so tough for me to forecast that sure. right now yep. because of I don't know what the starting rotation is going to look like. We have three starters right now for next year. We have Sanka Quintana. Uh, and, and Severino, and maybe if you want to toss Tyler or McGill in there, sure. Um, you know, you could possibly do that. It's not looking like a good rotation right now. I think if Yamamoto comes to the Mets, so it would be Yamamoto, Senga, Quintana, Severino, and fill in the blank. That's a pretty decent starting rotation. Fill, again, there's a lot of work to do. The Mets have 29 guys in the 40-man roster. Ooh. I think it's just so early to project. I want to see what this roster looks like. Give me another couple weeks and I'll answer that question. Okay. Sounds I, it's good. tough to forecast right now. I also have some uh, some breaking news from the MLB. The relievers of the year were just announced. Congratulations in the AL to Felix Bautista uh, of the Baltimore Orioles. And congratulations in the NF, no, NL 
Oh, my goodness. I'm off today. Uh, the NL, Devin Williams gets the nod. Congratulations to both of those gentlemen. They had great seasons, great pitchers. Um, any thoughts, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are two of the best relievers in the business. Felix Bautista for the O's had an incredible year. Unfortunately, we were not able to see him in the playoffs after he had that season-ending uh, injury. I believe Tommy John is required yep. for him. Uh, so he'll probably be out all of next year as well. Such a shame. Uh, for Devin Williams, such a crafty, crafty reliever. Bring him to Philly. For the Brewers. I mean, he has that nasty, nasty change-up. Um, he's just so good. He's so he good. Is. Needs to get out of Milwaukee. Needs to come to a contender. Come to Philly. Big buddy. market. Come on, Devin. Um, yeah, I think they got it right with these picks. So congratulations to both those gentlemen. Um, also uh, coming out today, it sounds like the Padres and Yankees have started exchanging potential names that would be involved in a Juan Soto trade. The uh, the star outfielder, star bat, has one year left on his deal with the San Diego Padres. And uh, he might be going to the Big Apple uh, playing in pinstripes as they look to kind of re-energize their franchise after a catastrophe of a year in 2023. Any thoughts on the on the Soto situation, Jack? Yeah, certainly developing with the Yankees. Um, you know, it's it's been long time rumored that either of the New York teams could be able to cash in and get uh, you know the very talented outfielder Juan Soto. Uh, Mets trying to bring him back to the NL East. The Yankees trying to get him in pinstripes. Finally, get an outfielder there. Um, who who's a franchise guy along with Judge? I mean, that would be a dynamic outfield duo with um, you know with Soto and Judge, and then whoever you put in center, uh, it could be incredible for the Yankees. Uh, and I think a lot of Yankee fans are absolutely pulling for this to happen. They don't care who they have to give up, mostly. Um, but I think the Yankees are certainly at the forefront of, the, of that. You know of the Juan Soto sweepstakes right now. Yep. That's a different situation than a lot of the other things going on right now with uh, with free agency, right? You're looking at the Otani sweepstakes. You're looking at uh, Yamamoto, right? These are just signings. But, uh, you know, you actually have to come to an agreement with uh, with someone like Soto, who the Padres have said are they are uh, likely to trade. I don't know if the Padres have said it, but it's been said that they are likely to trade him. And now that they're talking to other teams, it seems almost inevitable. Um, also, you know, still praying, hoping that the Phillies go trout fishing over here. You got any other uh, any other offseason updates for the MLB? Um, not as of this moment. Uh, nothing really. I mean, that's the only thing I saw that was different from what we reported on the Monday show. Um, uh, everything okay? Yeah, just the way you were like, but that's different than uh, what we reported on the Monday show. <laughs> Sorry, I looked a little quiet on the fader, so I wanted to talk a little bit louder. You're good. You're good. A little it's bit louder. No. Yeah. Maximum power! Now you're chilling, buddy. We got you. Thank you, brother. Um, but yeah, man. I, I mean, I'm interested to see how Severino works out. I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting this crazy outcome where he's like a really, really good pitcher. If he can pitch the equivalent of a five starter, I would take it. If he can be a four starter, sure. You know, whatever. Thirteen million dollars. Uh, have fun with that one, buddy. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep our we'll keep our ear to the sky on all things MLB uh, as the winter meetings get underway. As the Ears to the sky. What am I watching? A thunderstorm? Ears to the sky. No, it's like people that are like listening for aliens. That's what they say. They keep an ear to the sky. I always used to got told that when I was uh, going out uh, to swim in the pool and there was like, luckily there was a storm coming in. Keep your ears to the sky. Get out when there's thunder. (laughs) I've never actually had anyone say it to me in life. I've just known that that phrase exists. So that was, uh, that was weird. But I see you shuffling around over there. For one final time, can we grab the, uh, the KUR notebook, buddy? Let's do it. Sounds adventurous. Let's do it. Let's embark on this journey together as gentlemen. Attention, K community. Want KUR at your event? No. No problem. 
Go to www.kutztown.edu forward slash KUR, find live events, slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Final 10 minutes of Aviators. Wednesday edition, a lot of previews in the books. We previewed the weekend ahead in the NFL. Conference championship weekend of college football. Of course, us gentlemen, being Mitch, myself, and Josh, who's standing behind me, are going is out he to still in here? Rock. Okay. Yes, he is. He is lurking in the shadows. Josh, any MLB thoughts? I kind of skipped over you. Hit him. Hit him with it. Heavily. Well, yeah. Will you hit heavily? Go, Phyllis. Okay. That, that, that that's a good kickoff. So so, uninformative. Are you, are you serious with that? Boo. You get the oh, brother, mic and just say, this guy Unbelievable. Why would you Josh, root for the Phillies? Josh, I have one question for you. As a big Phillies prospect follower, yeah. What's the prospect you're most excited about well, in the Phillies? Whose system? autograph will you be getting next? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. That's a good way to measure it, right? Well, You've made it if Josh is getting your autograph. Your, uh, when you talked about the Mets starting rotation and they might need to go to uh, the farm system, and not what he asked. I mean, the Mets farm system looks positive. What? I mean, they picked up a couple of big pieces in in the August deadline. You know, with uh, Louis Angel, uh, Macuna coming over, Drew Gilbert. They got Ronald uh, Acuna. Um, no, that's his, that's his brother. No, I'm kidding. Luis, I know who it is. Luis Angel. Um, but, yeah, I thought those were some good additions. Um, I wouldn't be shocked, um, you know, if they got um, opening day uh, roster call-ups, um, specifically Acuna. Um, but for the Phillies, um, I'm excited to see what Justin Crawford can I do. I hate Justin Crawford. Bad pick. Awful pick. Bring me Aiden Miller. But, but I, I, I think, though, the most underrated prospect right now for the Phillies who who might be coming up is uh, Gabriel Rikonis Jr. I mean, he had a great Arizona Fall League season. I mean, he he went off. Um, I, I liked his numbers, was hitting close to about 300 in the in the Fall League. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he could do this season. But, I mean, for the Mets starting rotation, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I do think that they are going to have to go to the farm system um, to pick up some arms. But... You know, their farm system does look positive. So, you know, I'm just interested to see once once spring training comes, who are they going to look to for some of those big leaders when it comes to pitching? Appreciate it, Josh. Josh, uh, you know, you mentioned Luis uh, Angel Acuna, or Angel Acuna, I believe that's how you say it, uh, and Drew Gilbert. And those are great guys. I mean, I mean, we got them at the deadline. Uh, but the one problem is that does not address the starting rotation issues. I mean, those guys are bats. I mean, those guys hit in the lineup. Uh, you know, you got a middle infielder and an outfielder we're talking about. So those are great. I'm excited for both of those guys. Uh, and I think they could have tremendous futures uh, here, you know, in, in the uh, blue and orange. But, uh, yeah, I don't love the farm system depth for pitching. I mean, we got— They could, they could be converted, Jack. You know, could Jose Buto be an option for the Mets as the fifth starter? God, I hope not, because that means it must have been a failed offseason if that's the case. Uh, but, man, oh, man, um, I think the Mets are really going to have to go into free agency to get their, their starting pitching issues addressed. And I think they will. They have the money to do it. They have yes. the management to do it. I want to switch gears, though. Let's get Jack off his high horse here. How about them, uh, how about them Islanders, folks? All right, look at the time. Um, <laughs> it's time to go. No, they uh, they gave you up. taking the final six minutes of the show? No, yeah, I, I, I am. Yeah, me and Josh talking about Mets pitching prospects for six minutes. Um, how about it, man? They gave you know, up. Fine. I'll gave up a two-goal lead in the third period to the New Jersey Devils. They lose in over, uh, not over, they don't even make it to overtime. They lose in regulation five to four again. 
Yeah. Um, look, the Islanders. Embarrassing. They're a joke. They're a joke. Lane Lambert should be canned, gone. See you later, buddy. Uh, See ya. No longer our head coach. Uh, at least that's how it should be. It's not the case. But um, when the Flyers are going to finish with a better record, yeah. Than I mean, the I mean that, that that collapse is unbelievable. Four two. Actually, not. We've blown nine third period leads this year, or nine multiple goal leads, I should say. Um, it, it's it's baffling how a team can can crumble that quickly, uh, especially in the third period. I mean, you give up those two goals, your captain gets in a fight, done for the night, try to get some spark as it's tied, and what do you do? You give up a goal with 21 seconds left to lose the game. Wrap around, out in front, kaboom! You know, you you crumble. Kevin Ball sends a, you know, sifter shot from the point. Uh, Was knocked down by Sorokin. Lazar cleans it loose, changes, throws it towards the net. Uh, and it Kareem's in. I am shooting towards you. Yeah, Kareem's in. Devils take the lead 5-4. Islanders couldn't even get a, sh- a shot or a chance. So the problem is I was, I was in between shot or chance. So yeah, I, I get it you. Stopped it's it tough. It's you stopped it in a precarious spot. Yeah, that was, that um, was rough. So uh, couldn't get a shot on. Uh, it, it was pathetic, disgusting. We have to go to Carolina tomorrow night. Probably going to lose that one, too. Um, they're coming off a win against you. Flyers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flyers. That's my thing. Yeah, I know. It's so my thing. I wanted to turn the tables. Hey, on hey, those those flyers in the Battle of the Flylanders. They got a one nothing shootout victory. I believe that was last Wednesday night. Uh, they no, it was Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, we sometime beat you on over Wednesday. the break. Just we beat you on Wednesday. Anyone else have their t- their days just melt together when they're not yes. at school? Thanks, Josh. Thanks for backing me up there. Uh, <laughs> from the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, no, I, I just couldn't remember anything. So, yeah, credit to the uh, to the Flyers for that win. Um, the Flyers got bounced by the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Scorpions. God, I do not like them. Please. Good song. If the Islanders win on Thursday, tomorrow, oh, I'm going to be happy. Not just because the Islanders win. I just don't like Carolina. I love Carolina. I'm going to move there. It's warmer. It's nicer. People are kinder. Moving right along. Any other hockey tidbits you want to touch on? Mitch is a big-time Southern hospitality guy. I am, dude. They they say, howdy doing, y'all. Howdy doing? No, they don't. <laughs> howdy doing, y'all. <laughs> they say, how you doing, y'all? Howdy. They're like, y'all come back again. Howdy doing, y'all. Howdy doing, y'all. It's howdy wait, doing. Wait, who's howdy? Who's howdy and why should we care? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My God. I'm going to be quiet with the puns now. Yeah, um, let's please. get back to sports, wrap it up here. Um, ooh. Any final any final NHL thoughts in your mind, Mitchie? Islander, you brought her. Stop it. <laughs> Anyways. Abby, how we feeling about the Flyers? Got to get her in on the conversation. They're a Pennsylvania team, so. Pennsylvania? What did you say, howdy doody? <laughs> How are you doing, y'all? They're a Pennsylvania team, so I'm rooting for what, them. So you root for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Sure. They're Pennsylvania. Oh. No. You can leave like now. The no. I guess I would Stop. make them second to the Eagles. Oh, my God. Pathetic. But considering there are only two teams in Pennsylvania, that Mitch. is rankings that are fair for you. So, Mitch, isn't your second NFL team the Carolina Panthers? Yes. Proudly. Ooh. Proudly. Hey, I have a reason Proudly for one it. in ten. Yeah, I don't care. The guy who got the guy who got them to be I I was always against the Bryce them. Young pick. I wanted Strout. The guy who got you to be a Panthers fan is not even on the team anymore. Okay, but I'm still committed, right? Cuz unlike most people in our generation, I don't have commitment issues. <laughs> right? You've been in the dating world, you know how it goes. Um You know what it's like. Anyway, uh <laughs> You know, I need therapy. I'm in therapy. It's not working. <laughs> I, 
God. Anyways, and we've I'm hit the point. We, we I hit the thought about the I thought about wearing my Panthers hoodie today, but I wore the just this regular hot teal one, bro. God, I look good sometimes. We've hit the point of the show where Mitch starts to go into saddening talk and uh, talk about how things are not going well. In the last forty seconds of the show, why don't we just say one more time? Please join us, Kutztown, in the regional finals this weekend you can hear the broadcast right here on KUR me Jack and Josh boys it's gonna be a great time a long bus ride though absolutely Saturday at noon Saturday at noon you can hear it right here on KUR hope to see you there good luck to the Golden Bears man what a ride they've been on such a thrilling win last week and some dominating wins before that but till Monday I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim. Enjoy your weekend Enjoy of, your weekend of NFL, college, yep. whatever you may be watching in the sports world. Enjoy. However you may be watching it. Have a great time. We'll see you Monday.